This is Roger Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, sponsored by Penske Truck Rental. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Today's show features two of the most important men in racing. It's Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar owner Roger Penske, who is inducted into the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame along with Edsel Ford II in Mooresville, North Carolina on October the 3rd. Pit Pass Indy has an exclusive interview with Penske, the most successful team owner in history, on today's show. We're going to switch gears with our second guest later in the show. It's NASCAR President Steve Phelps. Although Pit Pass Indy focuses on IndyCar, there is a good reason to talk to Phelps because last week, NASCAR released its 2024 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. For the first time in its history, there is a NASCAR Cup Series date at Iowa Speedway, a track that NASCAR owns. Iowa Corn will be the sponsor of the NASCAR Cup Series race at Iowa Speedway, scheduled for June 14th through the 16th, 2024. That's three weeks before one of IndyCar's biggest race weekends on the schedule, the High V IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway, scheduled for July 12th to 14th, with two full IndyCar races set for July 13th and 14th. Pit Pass Indy is following this story closely and was able to interview Phelps about the big announcement. Before that, however, let's hear from IndyCar owner Roger Penske, who was inducted into the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame. Yet another honor for the man who has set the platinum standard for success in both auto racing and business. Here is my exclusive interview with Roger Penske for Pit Pass Indy. Once again, it's a real honor to be joined by Roger Penske, who's being inducted into the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame Walk of Fame tonight. Roger, you've been members of so many halls of fame. I'm sure you've lost count. But what does this honor mean to you, considering that you moved Team Penske from Reading, Pennsylvania to Mooresville in 2007, and you're a key part of this community? Well, I think, uh, Bruce, you really have to go back to uh, 1980 when uh, Don Miller and I decided to put Rusty Wallace in a stock car. And we ran in Atlanta for the first time and I started to understand what NASCAR was all about. And then 10 years later, you know, we built our small shop in Mooresville 
which was the start of our NASCAR program. And then as we started to go on, we realized that having two bases, Penske North, Penske South, didn't make sense. We needed to combine that. And so we moved, uh, obviously, early 2000 into uh, into North Carolina with our whole operation to where we are today. And I can tell you that uh, uh, cer- certainly a state that uh, has helped build NASCAR and auto racing uh, around the world and uh, notoriety and for us, the championships, the wins, the people that have come through our organization and the sponsors, uh, it's a home for us as far as I'm concerned. You're a key part of the state of Indiana as the owner of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Of course, that's the home of IndyCar racing. NASCAR's home is in North Carolina. When you compare the two states and what they mean to racing, they really are the two hubs of auto racing, if not in the United States, if throughout the world in many ways. Well, you know, it's hard. uh, Obviously, I have a place in my heart for Indianapolis because of our success there over the years and, you know, making the investment back uh, a few years ago on the track and the uh, Speedway and uh, certainly the series. But when you look at it, uh, you know, NASCAR, obviously, starting in Daytona, they've got a great presence now in North Carolina. So I'd have to say the balance between the two sports, first-class states, first-class commitments by the government, and and also the fans. We have so many fans coming from the Midwest that come to Indy and so many fans from the Southeast that go to to, uh, the racetracks, uh, and certainly Charlotte being a home track for for many of the teams, and we're here, and we certainly, uh, we like both places. I'd hate to vote on either one. I'd get myself in trouble. When you moved IndyCar shop from Reading to Mooresville and combined the efforts, you were a trailblazer in keeping everything under one roof, one direction. How important has that been for the success of your race team? Because since you've done that, Team Penske's enjoyed some of its best days. Well, I think the cross-pollinization of having everybody under one roof, uh, it certainly saves some duplication and costs. But more important, it, it, it's a team effort. And I think about the over 450 people we have working today at Team Penske uh, here in Mooresville at our, at our shop. You know, over half those people have been with us over 10 years. So the people that we can hire and come to work for us in this state, in this region, are loyal and certainly they're racers. And as far as what the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame means to the sport, Don Miller is a key part of it. He was a longtime business associate of yours. What do you think of the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame in this particular honor and also to be going in with Edsel Ford? Well, uh, being uh, able to join any Hall of Fame is uh, certainly an honor. Uh, To be inducted into the North Carolina Hall of Fame is certainly special because our roots are here all of our employees here in the state has been a big promoter of not only our team, but our people. And uh, it's just terrific. Uh, and with Edsel, of course, he's been a friend of mine when when he came to the Speedway uh, many, many years ago. Before, nobody knew him, but I knew him because he was, uh, Walter Hayes brought him, I think, under his arm and said, this is Edsel Ford. Well, he and I became friends, our, our families are friends. And uh, certainly to see his career at the Ford Motor Company and our relations there is just something special to say, hey, we're going in together. To ask you a few other questions, on Monday, the FIA approved Andretti Global's effort to get a Formula One team. That doesn't mean they have a team on the grid yet. That has to be approved by Liberty Media. But what's your reaction that Michael's really put a lot of time and effort into this and the FIA has given approval? 
Oh, I think, look, it, it was a goal of Michael and uh, certainly uh, Dan Taurus. Uh, uh, they've stayed on this. And uh, Michael's a great, great racer himself. The team has been very successful. And having an Ameri another American team competing at the highest level will be terrific for, for all of us. And uh, I take my hat off and congratulations. And earlier, NASCAR announced they're going to have a cup race at Iowa Speedway. You lease Iowa Speedway along with Hy-Vee for the Hy-Vee IndyCar Race Weekend. NASCAR's race is going to be in June. NASCAR owns the track. In any ways, were you surprised by their decision to bring a cup race to Iowa Speedway? And is there anything that it may do that might possibly cause you to rearrange things with your race in terms of construction? No, not at all. We were in concert with uh, NASCAR all along because of our dates and where we are. And we certainly have, uh, we leased the track from, uh, from the France family anyhow. And quite honestly, uh, we've invested there and we feel it's a great place. Uh, short track racing has been very popular, you know, around the country these days. And I think Iowa has got a great fan base and I just think it'll create more interest in racing and we have our dates set for you know our twin uh, races coming up in 24 we'll have some great uh, talent coming in there from the standpoint of entertainment and look we live together with NASCAR in many different uh, racetracks I remember uh, it uh, certainly at the in, at our track at Michigan we used to have the twin 200s, right? When an IndyCar race made a NASCAR race. So, hey, things happen. With NASCAR's race in June and IndyCar's race July 12th and 13th, will that possibly in any way shorten the promotional window? Or is that really not a concern considering Hy-Vee really knows how to promote? Well, I think Hy-Vee is our, is our partner in that race and their promotion is great. And I think that... Uh, uh, you know, we've already have our tickets announced. NASCAR will come in with some great m momentum. And look, it's just good for the sport. And for us, uh, you know, we're going to we'll be able to put up our the stands that we need, the, the suites, which we've done in the past. And I think there might be an opportunity to even co-locate those for NASCAR. So we get some cost savings. The Milwaukee Mile is back. It's going to be a Penske Entertainment promoted race. A lot of your people have shown what they're able to do when you turn them loose and let them promote a race. How exciting is that for you to have a return to Milwaukee? Well, I've been going to Milwaukee many, many years. You'd come out of India and a week later, you'd go to Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Mile. I've been at that racetrack many, many times. And the governor uh, gave us a uh, go ahead here last week. We met with him. We met with uh, the state fair board and their leadership. Uh, they spent quite a bit of money to bring the track from a safety perspective up to the latest standards. So I would say, you know, to have two races there, uh, Saturday, Sunday will be a great event for us on the series. And at the Milwaukee announcement, you announced that Texas won't be on the schedule in 2024, but you expect them back maybe in 2025. What are some of the things that need to be done? Obviously, you need to find a right time of the year to go to Texas. And if NASCAR moves their race into the spring, as they've done, that really takes away an opportunity for IndyCar. But what are some of the things that you would like to see to get IndyCar back to Texas Motor Speedway? Well, I think uh, the main momentum for not having a race is the Olympics next year because it's jammed up the schedule. And I think that uh, we understand that. Uh, uh, and uh, certainly uh, they decided that... Uh, based on that, that they were going to have to move that race to our date roughly, you know, from a NASCAR perspective. We just didn't have time within our schedule to replace it. But our goal is to go back to Texas, and I'm sure we can work that out in the future years.
And finally, hybrid assist is coming in 2024. There's a lot of testing going on. Some of your drivers have said there's a lot of work to do. You understand what it's like to take a project and that a lot of people say you can't do. You did that with the 209 pushrod engine in 1994 at the Indianapolis 500. But how do you see this, the hybrid assist project coming and what it will mean for IndyCar? Well, we've been working on this, you know, for many, many months. And I'd have to say the cooperation between Chevy and Honda has been terrific. We're in the testing stage now. We've run hundreds of miles with the system. I think we're getting the different teams now having a chance to, to test it and put mileage on it. It's going to be durability and the ability to uh, build enough units by the time we start the season. But right now we're, we're on schedule. Uh, obviously, uh, we've got to meet certain hurdles, gates to get through. But I think the system is bringing us more technology to think we can, we can generate, regen, and use the power three or four times during a lap, which we hadn't thought about before. And you'll have a paddle to be able to do it on, on the speedway. So there's lots of unique things. And I think it'll put a lot of interest into the series. And plus, we'll be the real first racing series, have this kind of a opportunity to utilize a, a hybrid type system. So I think thumbs are up. Uh, a lot of work to do, as you said. But uh, we want to be there at the beginning of the season. As always, it's a real honor to spend a few minutes with you. Roger Penske, congratulations on the North Carolina Hall of Fame honor. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, Bruce. Real pleasure for me. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph Newgarden, winner of the 107th Indianapolis 500, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy. 
As we mentioned earlier in our show, there will be another major race weekend at Iowa Speedway in 2024 as the NASCAR Cup Series competes at the Short Oval in Newton, Iowa for the first time in its history. How will that impact the high V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa? Let's find out in this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview with NASCAR President Steve Phelps. things that I would say is that the facility is probably, after what RP and High Bee and those guys have done the last couple of years, is probably in immaculate shape. And how much does that really help to make it a little bit of a turnkey event for you guys to take Cup to Iowa? Well, I think, listen, the uh, the great folks at Iowa and the kind of, kind of the surrounding states that will come and who knows how, you'll probably get them from all 50 states coming. Yeah. Um, but when you go to a facility to run your first ever cup race, it's just something special, right? And that's what it's going to be for Iowa. And the love that we felt from, you know, the governor and, you know, her team. And, you know, we this came together, you know, kind of quickly, uh, which is good. Um, and, you know, we are, we're all motivated to make sure that, we put on something special for the fans, and I think that's what they're going to see. They're going to see a facility that is going to look great. Um, I think the racing is going to be really strong, and our fans have talked to us about, you know, having more short tracks. And I know that, you know, at, um, you know, I know people say, you know, talk about Phoenix being a short track, but this is this is a true track. But it but it races, you know, you know, kind of a mix between a you know an intermediate track and a um, you know, in a short track. You have a lot of races in areas where there might be two or three tracks within a three-and-a-half-hour drive. This will give that area three races in a three-and-a-half-hour drive. And with Kansas Speedway, does that ever become a factor of, in order to help this event out, it might weed away some of the customers that go to that race? Well, I think, you know, listen, we had some good discussions with, um, you know, with the United Government in Kansas about bringing this race in, and and you know we want to make sure that everyone is comfortable with what it is. You know, these we own both racetracks, um, and we think having schedule variation is an important thing. Uh, we could have brought it to another facility. We thought Iowa was the right facility to go to. You brought up a good point about you own both racetracks, but was there any uh, sensitivities to what uh, Penske Entertainment and High V have been doing with their front? I think, you know, listen, we have partnered with, you know, Roger's team, you know, Bud and that group to, um, you know, to work out a deal where they needed a track to go race that, and they thought Iowa was the right thing, and then they do the doubleheader there, and great relationship with, with the high V folks and the government there in, in Iowa. So I think it, to me, I think it's accretive. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it's going to pull away from their event. I think that, you know, it, there's lots of opportunity to have, you know, great racing in that, you know, at that facility. And it's, you know, it, it, there's, there's some separation there too. I mean, think back to Pocono and Michigan where you had six weeks between events and it's the same event at the same track, right? Yeah. So, this is to me. I think there's, you know, we're we're excited about it, and obviously we talked to Roger and his team about it, and had some conversations with the High V people as well. We want everyone to to look at this as a positive, and we think it is. 
Hy-Vee invests a lot in those temporary suites. Uh, are you going to... Obviously, you'll have temporary suites and temporary grandstands in order to fit the crowd that you'll have. But, I mean, is there any, any talk about sharing that? Or will it be a situation yeah, where you'll be putting your suites up and then they'll be coming in yeah. and putting theirs So, uh, um, TBD at this particular point, you know, have we started discussions? We have. Not sure where they're going to net out. Um, but we'll do what's, you know, right for the, you know, IndyCar folks for Hy-Vee and obviously... For our, for our own races there at, at Iowa Speedway. So during your tenure at NASCAR at one time during 2019, 2020, 2021, was the future of that facility in doubt? <laughs> well, I think there was some question about, listen, there's been a desire since it's been open, you know, by the, you know, by the folks at Newton and, and the state to bring in a cup racer. And we, um, you know, we thought, now is the time to do it. So, I you know I won't speculate on you know where, you know why we weren't there earlier. Um, we're coming and we're excited to be there, and they're excited to have us. I know the mayor of Chicago had said that he was going to decide within uh, six to eight weeks after the Chicago race about next year. But it seems like we're past eighty days. What's the latest update? Yeah, we're having discussions with the mayor's office, and they're very fruitful at this point. Nothing to announce um, with respect to um, where where that you know the, the long term um, viability of of racing in Chicago Street Course. But what I can say is that uh, so I thought the event, despite the crazy amount of rain, was was a incredibly special event it was unique in our 75 year history and you know i think uh, you know is there a future of street racing in our sport there is um and will it be in chicago moving forward it's a good possibility we'll, we'll you know be there for uh, for a couple more years have you identified any other potential markets for street racing oh, we've had a lot of discussions with some folks um but you know at this particular point it's all you know it's all just prep work to try to figure out, you know, what's next, what's viable, you know, what's going to put on great racing. Um, you know, it's when you have to build anything from scratch, it's a lot harder than just, you know, opening the gates and I, I'm oversimplifying it. But everything needs to be built. Everything. The course, the grandstands, the suites, everything. So. Well, also, I don't think there's ever been a street race taken on that scale because those are very major traffic artery. They, they certainly were. And, and I think our people did a tremendous job with, you know, kind of closing them, you know, in phases, right? So that main artery, um, Balbo, was, that was first. And then yeah. then you start working, you know, Lakeshore Drive, you, work, you know, Michigan and, and all of that. Um, but... I would say this. I don't know if I've ever felt more welcome than how the people of Chicago made us feel. And I'm not just talking about the mayor's office. I'm talking about people who live there yeah. that we, you know, we inconvenienced. And they were thrilled to welcome us there. And then we became a real, thought it was important to become an important part of that community. And we did. Um, and not, you know, a week out, a month out, but all year long. I mean, that was important for us. Well, not to underestimate but the challenges you had just to get to the, have the race. 
monstrous. Yeah. And then once the green flag dropped, I mean, the race itself was jaw-dropping and how good it was. Did it amaze you just how good a race that ended up being? And a lot of it may have had to do with the fact that it started on rain tires. Yeah, I... So we knew that it had the potential to be really good racing. Um, did it exceed my expectation? If I'm totally honest, it did. We knew from the iRacing um, that you can have good, there are places to pass, you could have good racing, and that's exactly what we saw. And did the, uh, you know, the damp condition, conditions initially contribute to that? I think it certainly made it, um, parts of it exciting, you know, and you have guys going into barriers and then getting out and finishing the race. I thought it was, uh, again, other than the stress of, of trying to figure out when darkness was coming and what that looks like and I mean, just the insane amount of rain that we had. It was I was very pleased overall with the race. Well, and then at the end, I mean, the way the sun was setting and the colors, yeah. I mean, the backdrop was spectacular. It, it was exactly that. And I, you know, just the images on television, like obviously I was there, but I was, you know, I was in race control and seeing what they were seeing, the fans were seeing on television was just spectacular. Yeah. And then finally, uh, we're approaching a cutoff race, and there can't be anything more unique to have a cutoff race than on a part oval, part road course. So, Bristol's unique, the Roval's unique, Martinsville's unique. Is that one of the special things about your playoffs is the cutoff races, they're tough to begin with, but to make them to where guys have to race their way in or can race their way out. Yeah. Well, listen, I think our our playoffs are unique in sports um, and unique in that you have everyone that is participating in the race, and then you have 16, 12, 8, and then 4. I think that's just a really cool thing. And, yes, the cutoff, cutoff races are – we want them to be compelling, right? We want them to have uniqueness to them, and that's exactly what it is, to your point. You know, Bristol, you know, the Charlotte Roval, and then, and then Martinsville. And, you know, it's just um, – it is um, – these guys – Whoever wins this championship every year deserves it because you have to run the gauntlet, and that's exactly what these guys do, and you always have a deserving winner. Joey Logano right over here last year. Went out and made it happen. And finally, is there still, I mean, are we going to see a combined event again sometime soon? I think so. I think so. I think it just makes sense for, you know, combining other motorsports series in addition to the ones that we own obviously with our three national series or arca i think it's great it's like you know you start to mix fan bases and it's good for everyone and i really believe that if motorsports is growing it's good for all the different series around the world did, did you come close to texas or was that uh why don't we get into specifics around you know kind of where that is and that you know we obviously are uh, you know we we are going back to texas um and it is, um, but you know, the IndyCar guys wanted to make a change. So, yeah. um, or sport, Speedway Motorsport, I can't speak to, I can't speak to it. So, yeah. whichever whichever direction it was, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, and everybody else also says the Olympics have an awful lot to do with the flexibility because 
well, next year there really isn't any. Flexibility is pretty tough. It's very tough. And, I, you know, I, you know NBC is obviously a massive broadcast partner of ours, and, you know, we have to try to figure out how we're going to accommodate, you know, yeah. where we're going to be on television. Yeah. So, and we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out shortly. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. This is Willpower of Team Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. We want to thank our guest, IndyCar and Indianapolis Motor Speedway owner Roger Penske, and NASCAR President Steve Phelps for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.